When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Always a pleasure on Mondays to welcome in the great EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. You can see him on NHL Now from 4 to 6. Occasionally gets a chance to do games and is opinionated as hell. And that's why we love having him on. Hi, EJ. How are you? Hello, Don. How you been, my friend? Good. Nice, uh, you know, nice spring, 90-degree weather we had to navigate through this weekend, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah, yeah, but it's nice today. Yeah, it's like gorgeous today. 72. Yeah, so, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm not complaining about today. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. It was too hot too soon. Like, you can't go from 60 to 93, you know? Well... I guess you can, and they did. So whoever they are, but it definitely happened. So you well, say you can't, true. but uh, a very irritating individual. But anyway, all right. So so much to get into, but I guess the most topical thing with the uh, Blues Avalanche series now getting ramped up with the Cadre incident and uh, Bennington uh, throwing a water bottle at him. There's not going to be any discipline because I guess there's no proof that. That anything really happened there, other than the TNT footage? Did it look like Kadri felt like uh, that it was um, Bennington that had thrown the uh, the water bottle at him? But I guess let's just get to the injury and get to what happened. Uh, it's tough to always side with Kadri because certainly history is not on his side. But isolating the incident uh, is it just one of those things, or did Kadri know what he was doing? No, I mean, that was just one of those plays. You know, this is what I would say, and i I, I got to be honest, Don. I don't like to be critical of teams or fan bases. I mean, everybody's – but, like, I mean, enough with the tears. I mean, it, it's unfortunate what happened. I mean, I would say, you know what, Jordan Bennington, catch the puck. If you catch the puck, it's not loose in the crease, is it? And there's not a scramble. So, I mean, there was nothing there that was out of the ordinary. There was a loose puck in the crease. Kadri did what he's supposed to do, which is to try to go for that puck and knock it into the net. Callie Rosen collided with him. They both ended up going into Bennington, and unfortunately for Bennington, he got hurt. It's just one of those things. Earlier in the game, Barbachev wanted to finish a hit on on Samuel Girard. He's a bigger man. He finished the hit. Samuel Girard ended up with a broken sternum. He's out for the playoffs. I mean, it was a clean hit. It was physical, and that's sometimes the way things go. As I say to you many times, injuries and matchups are the playoffs. So at the end of the day, I feel really bad for Jordan Bennington, but I don't feel bad when I hear all this this garbage about, well, his reputation. You know, he, he pays a serious price. Like, he made a really dumb play last year. He hit Jordan, uh, Justin Falk. Falk was injured. Missed the final couple of games. He was suspended. What was he suspended for, Donnie? Eight games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a serious suspension of the plans. And if he and if he does something stupid again, I would imagine he'll get suspended for more. But 
there's nothing. There's there was just no way that's anything more than a hockey player there. Of course. And I just think crocodile tears, you know, from the Blues, you know, just and Robert Bertuzzo weighing in, Mister Clean weighing yeah. in. Oh, and I come on, I can show you some video of that guy doing some pretty damaging things to opponents. So. You know, listen, we know Kadri's history. That was not a situation in any way, shape, or form that uh, had anything to do with it. It wasn't even one of those accidental on purpose ones to me, Don, because he really collided with, with Collie Rosen, and they both went into any one of those guys could have got hurt there. I'm, I'm with you. I saw it the same way. I, again, I'm not surprised by the reaction because it was who was involved. I mean, people are going because it's the easy thing to do now. In this day and age, EJ, not just in sports, but in every walk of life, there has to be a victim and a perpetrator. Sometimes it's just one of those things. There's a victim, but doesn't necessarily mean that there's a perpetrator. It's just sometimes things are going to happen. But when the thing that happens involves a guy that's got a laundry list the size of your arm of, of infractions that it's easy to write, jump on board, kill Kadri and get a bunch of people to follow it like the Pied Piper because of his history. But if you know hockey, if you watch it, I, I understand these goaltenders have to be protected. But like you said, it's a loose puck. What are you supposed to do? It's the playoffs. It's a big game. Every play, every shot, every save is so sacrosanct. You just, I'm sorry. It's guys driving to the net. Things are going to happen. It's a physical sport. I'm sorry. These guys can't be in a bubble. Do you really want to go back to the day, EJ, of you had a toe in the crease and then you reviewed it for five minutes and took goals away? Do we want to get that back to that point? Yeah. And even on that play, Donnie, once the puck was in the crease, you could go get it even under those rules. Right. Yeah. You, you, once it was there, laying there, you could go into the crease and make a play. So, I mean, I just, I just, it was really, to me, and then you have some yahoos that are, you know, kind of threatening. Uh, I don't even want to address that. That's just. I, 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 you know, I, I talked to NHL security about it, and like they have to take everything seriously. Of course. You have to. You never know. Right? We, we know what world we live in. But uh, hopefully it was just a bunch of yahoos that uh, had nothing better to do with their time and. You know, we get on with life here, and, you know, it's going to be a challenge. He's going to go, you know, listen, he's, he's usually not a fan favorite of the buildings where he's on the road, and I'm sure he'll hear it tonight, and I'm sure the Blues will try to get under him and make him do something stupid, but if he does, then he'll pay the price yeah. for that. But I, there's nothing to me that was out of the ordinary with that play the other night. Nothing. Yeah, I'm with you, and and as far as, like, I'm not trying to dismiss the seriousness of the threats because they have to be taken seriously. I just hate to give that stuff the platform because that's all people want is to be able to make it, you know, as I said, it's just a bunch of Yahoo's people that, you know, that just looking to try to, to get their 15 minutes or just get under the skin of people, and it's, it's, it, it's hateful, it's disgusting, and it goes without saying. So... Um, we, we, we certainly move on from that, and hopefully none of the uh, the threats are serious. I'm glad the NHL is taking it seriously because you just you don't know in this day and age right now what's uh, Yahoo and what's something that actually could become something. Yeah. So I'm glad they're paying attention to it. But uh, so where do you, where, I mean, like, Huso is obviously somebody that has played big time games and a major part of what they what they're doing to try to get there. Uh, but you know the other injuries aside, a down two one. How do you? I, I, this series really felt like it, it could go the distance. Uh, but with these injuries, how much does it really affect you prognosticating this the rest of the way? 
Well, I mean, I think it still could easily go the distance. I mean, the uh, you know, Sam Gerrard is a pretty big loss, too. He's a hell of a puck mover. I mean, I thought they balanced out their D with the addition with Eric Johnson coming back and the addition of Manson. It's given a, it gave them a nice balance of puck-moving guy and more of a stay-at-home guy. But, um, you know, so that's a factor. It looks like Jack Johnson is going to come in. Huso has been great all year. Um, he, he had some struggles here in the playoffs. They went to Bennington. Bennington played well. I don't think Huso was great the other night, but, you know, coming off the bench in that situation is tough. I, I have every confidence that Billy Huso can come in there and play a really good game tonight. So we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, the Blues are very well coached. they got a lot of guys in that room that understand what it takes to win. And Colorado is still learning. And, uh, you know, they took a little bit of a step the other night. But there's still two more games to win. We've been down this road with them before. I expect this could easily go seven games. And I'm not, uh, you know, yeah, mm. Bennington is a loss because he's playing so well. But Uso's a good goalie. If he plays anywhere yeah. like he played during the regular season, the Blues have every chance to win. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And staying on that side in the West, I think Calgary can be in a little bit of trouble here. Uh, it was kind of oh, yeah. fun to watch a 9-6 game and all that, but you've seen Edmonton bounce back from that, win a couple of games in a row, another home game coming up here for them to take a 3-1 series lead. And really, when you think about it, the one game Calgary won, they blew a 6-2 lead in the game. So I'm not really sure that Calgary's feeling really good about their game at all right now in this series. Yeah, they're really missing Tanev on the back Oh, big time. I, I, you know, Donnie, when we've talked about them this year, I mean, I really like, what the Flames have done. I'm a, you know, I'm a big Daryl Sutter fan. He's a great coach. And I think, you know, Johnny Hockey and those guys have had a great year. But when I looked at their team, I still was a little concerned. Like, that defense, there's no stars on that defense. It's kind of just a sturdy, steady defense. And now they're missing a guy like Tanev, who is, uh, you know, he's a really, you know, he was one of the, the top-end guys for them. Yeah, and somebody they could really you know, shut down or at least slow down McDavid. That's exactly right. So he's out of the mix now. So that's, you know, we'll see if he can come back at some point. But the, he, he can't be uh, soon enough for the Flames. And, you know, to your point, I mean, I, I think, you know, people have been saying that some of the Flames, you know, this is where I think sometimes teams go wrong. It's like they're saying, you know, like some of the Flames, Chuck was saying it, some of the other Flames, you know, one guy's beating us, right? Now, yeah, like one guy and that one line is playing really well and they are making things happen. And But one guy is not beating you because, like, he's not on the ice the whole game. And when he's not on the ice, you're not rolling up the offense and scoring goals. The, the Edmonton Oilers right now look like they believe they can win. And that is a dangerous thing at this time of year. I don't think I, – I, I have a hard time hanging my hat on Mike Smith to win right. 16 games in the season to win the Stanley Cup. But you know what? They're halfway through the second round. they got two wins now. And they're playing really well, and they're playing really well away from the puck, and they're defending hard, and they're in the face of the Calgary Flames. And even when them, David and company aren't on the ice, the Flames aren't generating a lot. 
So the Calgary Flames need to really take a good look in the mirror. They were in a situation similar against Dallas, down 2-1 to one on the road, but the Dallas Stars don't have the offensive weapons that Edmonton does. So I agree with you. I think the Flames are in trouble. I think Daryl and company are going to have to make some, some serious adjustments. And you look at the goals last night, I mean, just a hope pass into the middle leads to one rush chance and they score. Uh, a bad change leads to another rush chance and they score. Uh, Mike Smith catches a puck and gets it gets out of his glove fast. That's a rush chance and they score. And then the last one, uh, you know, was up the ice quick. And the defender, and I think it was, it was either Good Branson or Zadorov, but they're they're on the outside of McDavid. You know, McDavid makes a really great subtle play between his feet to attack the net, and then makes the pass over to Kane. But why are you on the outside shoulder of this guy? You never want to be on the outside shoulder. Of this guy. No. So bad body positioning. So yeah, some those are things that they have to rectify. And uh, if they can't, it's uh, you know may not take much longer for Edmonton to move on. So uh, they believe right now, and they're really Jay Woodcroft has done a really nice job. And you know we'll see what happens tomorrow night. And a team that definitely is in trouble facing elimination tonight, Florida. Another President's Trophy winner looks like could be gone by the second round. And I know they eventually scored on the power play that tying goal late in the first period of Game Three, EJ. But their power play has just killed them. And this is a Tampa team. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. I know Florida got some bad breaks. They had a goal taken away, touching the net in game one. A goal that maybe could have taken off the board on a goaltend interference on the Kucherov tally in game one. But you know what? Tampa just, they're, they're, they're just a better team right now. Well, it goes back to what we always say when you match up against Tampa. Okay, who's got the better goalie? Tampa. Who's got the better defense? Tampa. Who's got the better coach? Tampa. Who's got the better management? Tampa. Who's got more experience? Tampa. I mean, like, they have a lot of checks. It takes a lot to beat them. I, I think the Florida Panthers, I think they're really, we're really finding out now how much they miss an experienced guy like Joel Quenville. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andrew Brunette has done a great job this season. And they won the President's Trophy, and they were terrific. But in the postseason, he's been slow to make adjustments. The power play took him eight games to fix it. Donnie, I looked at tape from the other day. I mean, I, you could fix that power play in, in 20 minutes. I mean, it wasn't that hard of a fix. It just was such a bad setup that it was easy to defend. So, you know, for me, they did make those changes in game, you know, number three. And there are sh- changes that they probably should have made in game two against Washington. So that was problematic. There's been other little things that have gone on. I mean, in that game where they lose at the very end with Colton scoring, I mean, they got the fourth line on the ice in the last 45 seconds. I mean, I don't think that's an optimum situation to be in. That's 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 going on on the bench. You got to get your you got to have you know you have a Selkie winner there or a Selkie a Selkie guy in Barkoff. He's, he's you know you got to have good players on the ice at the end. And uh, so that was another area. Yesterday, there's five minutes left. They're down two. They have two great face-off men in Barkoff and Giroux. They opt not to pull the goalie in that moment. But then 15 seconds later, when the puck is kicking around, you're about, then they pull him. Why not just, if you're going to pull him, you don't have to, but if you're going to pull him down two with five minutes left, why not have that sixth attacker on the ice for the draw? So, you know, these are things I look at and I kind of shake my head a little bit. So 
I do think that, uh, you know, again, I think Andrew's done a great job this year, but, but I think in the playoffs when experience is really important, I think you're seeing, uh, you know, you're seeing some really learning on the job, and that's not ideal against a team like Tampa. And the other series, Rangers back in it with their victory yesterday afternoon at the Garden. And, boy, you really see where home ice is going to be big in this series in particular. Being able to free Mika Zibanejad away from Jordan Stahl just changed Mika. He was a much better player. And, and let's face it, he's the engine that drives this thing. Because we're used to kind of Panarin coming and going. And and Kreider had a, an amazing season. But he was someone that, you know, was a decent offensive player. But Mika really makes it happen. And when Mika's going, then Kreider's going. And they put Heedle on that top line. And each one of them had four shots in the first two periods. And, and everything was going. So... Am I over-exaggerating the fact that, you know, that, that home ice maybe in any other series is big because that last change in freeing up that Mika line can make a big difference where there's just not a lot of offense in this series, so any kind of slight advantage can be huge? Well, all you have to do, Don, is look at the last series. When Carolina was home and they could dictate the matchups and get Jordan Stahl, who's a beast of a defensive forward, in a matchup that was favorable, they won their home game. You know, and then on the road, when they're not able to do that, it's not as uh, it's not quite as easy for them, and it gives the other teams opportunity. The Bruins took advantage of Carolina at home, just like the Rangers did yesterday. The key will be that you, you know, because Carolina is so good in their building, you got to figure out a way to beat it. You got to win your home game, then you got to find a way to beat them in their place. And the Rangers were had a great chance to steal game one, and they let it slip away. So. You know, you wonder at the end of this, are we going to look back and say, boy, that's where the Rangers had their opportunity. I guess we'll see, but first things first, they got to win game four. Yeah, because, it, again, it's so – I know it's like the loser's lament, right, about how close you were. But you look at the two games in Raleigh, I mean, it could have went either way, right? I mean, if Kako hits the empty net, they win that game probably 2-1. to one. There were – Ronta's been very, very good in this series, so he's been a great equalizer, too. And then, you know, the Ian Cole, kind of a fluke goal, goes off of Lindgren. I'm, I'm still not sure why Lindgren was where he was. Um, but uh, th- those things are going to happen. But I guess, EJ, when you're talking about when you're talking about a series where you're we're not counting the empty netters, you're probably lucky to get two goals in a game. Your margin for error is really slim, right? So every missed net, every missed power play, every bad bounce is probably going to be glaring because there's just not a lot of offense. Carolina's a good team, but they're not going to blow you away offensively. No, you're right. That's the way it's been so far. And, uh, and I, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, and the Rangers have the team to get the job done and to beat Carolina, but it's, uh, you know, that game one, we'll see. Again, I, I, they just got to focus on getting their job done here in game four. But uh, I'll be interested, too, with some of the things that went on at the end of the game, how that's going to impact the series moving forward. No, it's true, and I, I understand Gallant being upset about it because of the fact that Lindgren's, you know, not 100%. You really want a guy that has a lower body injury, clearly. I'm sure we're going to hear about surgery at the end of these playoffs for Lindgren, and he's rolling around with Domi on the ice, so I can understand why Gallant would be real upset with that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't like it. I, I kind of agree with Gerard. The game's over, but, you know, we've seen it before, right? It's not anything new in hockey, Donnie. We've seen it before. Now, I, the the only thing that's interesting, I'd love to be able to get your opinion on this. So the Rangers have the 2-1 to one lead going to the third period. 
They're generating more offense than they had in either of the first two games of the series. And because he was concerned and wanted to protect the lead, he went back to his old lines. And and listen, they got opportunity, so it wasn't awful. Um, But how curious were you that he reverted back to the original lines thinking defensively instead of trying to continue to ride the tide of of what I thought were better opportunities by splitting the kid line up? Well, I mean, they did give up, what, 35 shots in the first two periods. So that's significant. I'm sure Gerard is looking at that. And you know, when you coach, you gotta you gotta go with what you feel. And uh, you know, they did give up. They tightened it up in the third period. You can look at it and say, hey, they did something similar in game one, and it really cost them when they they went into kind of a more defensive mode. But they didn't do that this time. They just changed the lines because they wanted to. They wanted better matchups, I guess, and uh, it worked out in the end. So. That's one of those ones. It's a coach's decision, and in that case, the coach made the right call. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's really fun. These series outside of Tampa, Florida, um, I, I think have been a lot of fun, and we're going to get you know maybe I think a couple more game sevens, maybe if we're fortunate. We got five in the first round, which was just amazing. I mean, the playoffs. I don't. I, I listen. We're biased, DJ, because we're in this bubble. And I found that out, like, when Michael Kay and I do the Michael Kay show, he lives in the baseball bubble. So everything he does is baseball, baseball, baseball. And the people that are covering the NBA playoffs, it's all NBA, NBA. So it's easy for us to say, boy, it just feels – there seems to be a different vibe this year. There seems to be more interest, more excitement. Now, you're somebody that, you know, is on both sides of the fence. You're fans of other sports. You've covered other sports before. Is that just us loving the sport and kind of wishing it to be so? Or do you really feel like – there's more attention, more fun around these playoffs and this season in general than maybe we've seen recently. I think the fact that there's two national carriers now makes a difference because ESPN has every reason to promote hockey more and is on in bars and restaurants and hotels. It's very accessible, as, by the way, is TNT and TBS. So I think it's a natural circumstance, Don, for me of these you know, just more entities covering it and so there's more news around kind of seeing more of it you know, I mean, in years past, as you know when ESPN went to Sports Center, they didn't really lead with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, they're leading with the Stanley Cup playoffs and when they're not, they're still spending a lot of time on it so for me, I think that's where I notice more is the fact that in the United States now there's two national carriers and they both have reason to promote it. Well, I appreciate you doing this a little later than you usually do and accommodating us to be able to record on so many really cool issues. So enjoy the weather, enjoy the rest of the second round, and uh, maybe I'll see you bouncing around the garden sometime soon. You'll never know. Be always, <laughs> it's always wonderful to see you, my friend. So hopefully I All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. All right, you got it, Donnie. All right, that's the great EJ Raddick. Catch him on the NHL Network, NHL Now, from 4 to 6 Eastern time and doing a great job covering the playoffs. couple of games tonight. We mentioned the Lightning and the Panthers. Tampa could finish off Florida tonight in a clean sweep, and let's face it, it's inevitable. I think the Lightning are not going to blow a 3 nothing series lead, so Tampa on their way to winning a 10th consecutive series. Head to the conference final, and after winning back-to-back cups, Tampa 
is going to be making a major statement here, knocking off the president's trophy winners possibly sooner than later. And it might be a good idea to finish it off tonight in the second of back-to-backs and have uh, New York and Carolina beating each other up. And that could really help Tampa to get back to the Stanley Cup final. And uh, Blues and the Avalanche, of course, we talked about the Kadri situation. No discipline for Kadri, no discipline for Bennington. Doesn't matter anyway. Bennington's not in. Gerard being out for Colorado. And the Lanch lead that series two games to one. And, of course, they're waiting for uh, the the winner of this series will take on Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton's up two games to one, but those are the games tonight at 7 and 9.30 as TNT takes center stage tonight. I want to remind everybody that listens to this podcast, I'm not sure how you get it, but the best way to get this moving forward is to get the ESPN 98.7 app. Uh, even if you're outside the market, it's still a great app to have, easy to access, free of charge. There's tiles right there in front. You can listen to all the programming the 98.7 offers, and you can get this podcast right there, right on the front page. And that's an easy way to be able to navigate through not only the station, but to get game misconduct moving forward. And again, it's free of charge, real easy. As soon as you pop on the app on your phone or tablet, you immediately start here on the radio station. Go to that main menu, hit game misconduct, and bang. Not only do you get the current game misconduct, you can go back in the archives and you can listen to some of the old ones and find out all the, the prognostications and mistakes that I made and, uh, and, and have some fun with that. So that's a great way to be able to access uh, game misconduct moving forward. So um, we've got the two games tonight and two more games tomorrow with the Rangers and the Hurricanes and the Flames and the Oilers. So it's really starting to heat up here. Should be a lot of fun. And the NHL has already announced the schedules for Thursday for the Game 5s, 7 o'clock and 9.30 as well for Rangers, Hurricanes, and Oilers and Flames. So that's the update there. So we'll be back again on Wednesday. We'll we'll get to your uh, Twitter stuff. I wanted to be able to just talk to EJ about everything that's been going on recently. So we'll get back to the social media aspect on Wednesday. Best way to do that is at Don LaGreca hashtag game misconduct we will talk to you again on wednesday this was the monday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with don lagreca